This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Would you turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing to minister your word today. And I pray that the soil of all of our hearts will be prepared so that we can understand what you desire for us to understand and that you would do a supernatural work in every single one of us. I pray that you would anoint your word and bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul was a man who was used by God in a great way to touch the lives of many people. And in doing so, he ended up going on a journey to Rome. And in the process of that journey, God opened opportunities for him to speak to many people. Back in in chapter 26... The Apostle Paul had the opportunity to speak to Agrippa. He had the opportunity to speak to Festus. And they heard the message of the gospel in such a powerful way that in verse 28 of chapter 26, Agrippa said, Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, Whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. And so the Apostle Paul was defending himself uh, against the charges that were uh, brought against him, but also he was proclaiming the message of the good news. And uh, when it was discussed about whether or not he was guilty, uh, the verdict uh, was in verse 31, that this man has not done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. And so Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he, hadn't, if he had not have appealed to Caesar. So that's the setting for what will happen in chapter 27. And uh, it turns out that uh, Paul was then put on a ship and he went to appeal to Caesar. There were several other prisoners that were sent with him. They were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, and they left on a ship, and when they left, they were intending to make several stops along the coast of the province. Verse 3 says, the next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course, so we sailed north of Cyprus between the island and the mainland. Keeping to the open sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia, and there 
the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy, and he put us on board. Verse 7, we had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared Nidus, but the wind was against us, and so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of Salmon. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Now, when I lived on Martha's Vineyard with my family, the only way to get back to the mainland or what many people on the island would call America, um, they uh, would have to take a 45-minute trip on a ferry. Now, this ferry is a massive boat, and uh, this ferry uh, has cars on it. It has semi-trucks on it, and um, and it it holds a lot of people. Uh, this, this ferry was actually built in Seattle, Washington. For those of you who have been out to Washington, you know that there are a lot of islands out there, and they use these ferries uh, to go between many of them. And I would say probably the ferry system there, um, at least from my travels, is, is, uh, is, is excellent, and uh, they're very skilled in, in what they do. And so uh, this ferry that we would have to get on Though it was huge, it was powerful, yet when the weather would kick up to a certain point, even the captains of this massive ferry would have to cancel the trip because it was too dangerous uh, for uh, the ferry to be able to travel. There were times, and uh, my wife, when we first went to the island, uh, but it was really a step of faith for her. Uh, because for her, it's not easy to go on a ship. Um, she just, it doesn't settle well with her. And so we had to work out various ways for her to feel comfortable traveling back and forth, especially when the ship was rocking back and forth. So she came up with some really great ideas and uh, learned some things. If you jog in place while you're traveling on a ship, you don't sense the movement of the waves. And so for 45 minutes, she would find a nice corner in the ferry and she would jog in place. And it would give her good exercise and she would arrive at the other side without um, getting sick to her stomach. There's also a little C-band that puts a pressure point on your wrist that also can help with that as well. And so she would do that. Uh, Dramamine can help, uh, but we didn't want to do that all the time. When our children were going to school off-island, we were taking four trips on the ferry per day to be able to get them back and forth from school. We did that for three years. So we got to experience what it's like when you're on stormy, when you're in stormy weather on a boat. And I don't know the size of the boat that Paul was on, uh, but I, I doubt that it was constructed like the boat's Uh, that we traveled on uh, who were run by the steamship authority. And there were times sitting on that ferry where the boat would literally, you would think it could go sideways because the waves will tip the ship in such an incredible way. And especially when the wind is blowing, depending on the direction that you're going, it can be very dangerous. Paul 
sees what's going on around him in the natural, and he has a conversation with the ship's officers. And he says this in verse 10, men, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Listen closely. He said, we could lose this ship, we could lose our cargo, and our lives could be in danger. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. God gives discernment and wisdom to us in the natural that oftentimes if we listen, we will be able to spare ourselves a lot of trouble in the future. You do not need a word from the Lord that booms out of heaven to guide you in certain areas of your life because God has already made it clear to you. I have spoken with people that, um, I'll be quite frank, I do not understand sometimes uh, because against common sense, they will take steps that take that do not take into consideration good care for their own body, good care for their own finances, uh, good care for their family, and then on the flip side, uh, we'll be expecting for some supernatural divine intervention to make up for a lack of common sense. And I believe that God desires for every single one of us to be faithful with what we know before we start getting additional words of knowledge of things we don't know. So God desires us to be faithful with the little so that we can be entrusted with more. Every single one of us have an opportunity on a regular basis to prove ourselves faithful with what we already know. Now, in this situation, uh, the men that Paul spoke with were hearing about what could happen. But the officer, instead of listening to Paul, listened to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Now, when you are running a business, and the captain no doubt is running a business, um, he's not taking these prisoners to their destination just because it's a nice thing to do. There's no doubt that there's a paycheck in it for him. And whenever something slows you down, you lose money. There's often the statement uh, that applies, time is money, and no doubt for the captain, time was money for him as well. Paul's advice was, why don't we hang out for a while and we won't be putting ourselves at risk. But rather than listening to Paul, which made good sense, they said um, the captain's interest was to get moving, to get the job done. And at risk, continued moving on. And in doing so, put everyone's life at risk. Now, sometimes we have to learn lessons the hard way, but God wishes that it were different. Now, I'm so glad for the grace of God because He loves us through it all. You know what I mean? He cares about us even when we're hard-headed sometimes. But I want to give you some advice today. The sooner you listen to the Lord, the more trouble you save yourself. 
I remember when I was truck driving um, during Bible college, and the company that I worked for, again, time was money. And so, getting everything delivered on time and to get everything out of the truck was the goal. And uh, we would have our trucks packed with uh, a full load, and we'd be sent off. Uh, literally, we were just given the addresses of where we were to deliver. This was before GPSs. And so I had to take about an hour to map out where I wanted to go. I had no idea what traffic would be like. I had no idea what detours there could be. I had no idea what accidents might happen along the way. And then you're working along uh, the pressure of getting to these places, Walmart, Home Depot, all these garden centers that I had to, to, to drop things off. You have to be there at a time when someone's going to be able to unload your truck. And sometimes a forklift was needed and sometimes it wasn't. And if, it, if there wasn't a forklift, you're taking everything off the pallet. Sometimes the pallets are yay high and you're just unloading everything. And so there was this pressure of time. And I remember... Um, feeling that constant pressure of getting things done. And I share this story with you because every single one of us, in one way or another, are pressed to keep moving. Keep moving. And sometimes the voice that is saying to you, keep moving, is in opposition to the voice of common sense and the voice of the Lord. And you need to discern the difference because it will spare you some trouble. As I remember, I was, I was driving 13 hours a day and um, sometimes getting back to the warehouse very late at night and then getting up uh, 5 o'clock in the morning and picking it up from there, getting the truck. It was all packed up and, and I go. And I did this for months on end. Now, the state has a limit of what you can drive straight. You, you're not allowed to just go nonstop for the safety of yourself and everybody involved. Make good sense. And I don't know if you've ever felt it, but you keep going so long and your body just starts feeling down. You just, you know that you're not as alert. You're not with it. Uh, in your mind, you want to go faster, but you realize that you're not just able to. And I began to feel that. And I remember I was driving one day. I was in Connecticut, and I was driving, um, I think it was Route 6. And I was actually, it was, it was, actually it was 95. I was going back up to Rhode Island and 65 miles an hour, and I was feeling super tired. And it was to the point where I had everything that I could do to stay awake going on. I had the window open with the air blasting in, I turned up the radio, and literally I'm driving in the truck, slapping myself to stay awake. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because we can press ourselves sometimes to the point where we go beyond what's safe for ourselves, and God never asked us to do that. You see, sometimes God asks us to sacrifice. I'm not not talking about that part right now. I'm talking about when we know by good common sense where we should draw some lines, but we keep going over and over. Now, I had no wrong motive in what I was doing, except I was allowing the pressure to get the best of me. So I was just slapping myself on my leg, and then it got to the point where I was literally 
slapping myself on the cheek because my eyelids were starting to go down. And I was feeling very, very tired. Rather than do what I should have done, which was to pull over, I didn't do that. The next thing I know is I wake up with my hands clenched uh, on the 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock position. And the entire truck is vibrating. And as it's vibrating, I'm going boom, 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 all the way down. I had fallen asleep, and the truck going 65 miles an hour had veered to the left and had the tires had caught between the guardrail and the pavement, and there was a space about this big, and it was hitting every single metal post in that guardrail. And there was a sign that was up from the guardrail that was coming right at me, and the truck's mirror sticks out. And as it came by, and the truck's slowly slowing down, but still coming from 65 miles an hour, the sign slams into the mirror. The mirror completely shatters my window had been open because I was trying to stay awake. All the glass flies into the window all over me, and that's what I wake up to. Put the foot on the brakes. Air brakes had been damaged, but the whole car or the whole truck ended up coming to a stop, and I'm sitting there just completely stunned. And so many thoughts going through my mind, and I'm thinking, God, thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I didn't run into anybody else. And I'll never do this again. Now, that was a lesson for me learned the hard way. Cop showed up, waited for the cop, and he's like, oh, what happened? And I told him I fell asleep. He said, few would admit that. People often come up with something else. Oh, this person veered me off or whatever. But the lesson I learned there was that I cannot keep going full throttle without taking into account the things that I need to take into account and not have some consequence come down the pipe. And I'm going to tell you, during that time, I'm going to Bible college. I'm loving Jesus blessed with my wonderful wife. I'm studying hard. I'm doing all these good things. But there are things that God desires for us to do to use wisdom so that we don't overdo it. And every single one of us in this room have our limitations. God knows them. Sometimes we don't. But hopefully, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will learn them. The Apostle Paul speaks to them and gives them a heads up. I will say, oftentimes, the voice of the Holy Spirit will speak to you. But because the Holy Spirit is so gentle, we just kind of like, oh, we put it aside. Now, I, I could say to you that even prior to that, I had felt tired before. You see, and I could have picked up on the reality that I need to make a change. See, because part of it was up to me to be able to cut out early. It wasn't, even though my job had some pressure, I could have cut out early and not have finished my route every single day. There were, in fact, almost everybody in the job 
uh, was not delivering all their load, and it was expected. And when I would get back to the warehouse, they would say, uh, Joseph, uh, most of the other guys didn't deliver their load. How do you always seem to get rid of your stuff? That was because I was pushing so hard. And it felt good to be able to hear those words, you delivered everything even though everybody didn't get to. But sometimes what happens is, is that because we drive ourselves in certain ways, that we can make ourselves vulnerable. From that point to, to now, I have made a decision that when driving, I'll make sure that I'm alert. And if I'm not alert, I shouldn't be driving. Now, up until that point, I never would have told you that it was possible for, you, for me to fall asleep at the wheel. It just sounds like so crazy, you know? Because when you're awake, you're awake. But we don't realize that our bodies can only handle so much. Now, I share that with you openly because it may not be driving that is your situation, but it may be something else and you're pushing the pedal to the metal. And the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today, take it easy. Because if you don't let off the gas, you're going to get to a point where you're overextended. The warning was given. Now, watch. If they would have readjusted there, the ship would have never had any trouble. There would have been no danger to the lives of the people. And they would have taken a break and taken a rest. But what did they do? They said, we're going to keep going. We're going to move on. So verse 13 says, a light wind began blowing from the south. The sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But, and this is what happens in our lives as well. Listen to this. The weather changed abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Storms can show up in your life out of nowhere. You feel the nice breeze and you're like, oh, things are going to be fine. But you never know where a storm's going to come from. And that's why you and I need to live constantly listening to the voice of the Spirit so that we set aside these times and that we don't overexert ourselves so that the Lord can use us in running a marathon rather than just a sprint. So the Scripture tells us that they were driven out uh, to sea. And then, verse 18, the next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. So the stuff that they had paid for that was going to help them survive, now because they didn't listen, just to survive, they're throwing it over into the ocean. The following day, even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun, the stars, until at last all hope was gone. Could have this been avoided? Absolutely. And guess who's on board? Not just the people who didn't listen, but Paul, who did listen. Sometimes our decisions bring others along with us. And others have to go through storms in our lives, in life, because of our unwillingness to listen. 
No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has, grant, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Now, God spoke to Paul, and he said, I'm going to grant you the safety of everybody on this ship. Wow, that's wonderful. If you're a person on that ship, now just look what had been happening. The winds had been so strong, they were so afraid that the ship would go down, they're throwing cargo overboard. They're throwing over uh, the ship's gear just to make sure that they would survive. They hadn't eaten for a long time. There's a lot of hope lost here. And yet in the middle of this, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, guess what? Every one of you are safe. Your lives are secure. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. That's the goodness of the Lord. So they continue on. And then it says this, verse 30, the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, listen to these words carefully, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Listen to what the Lord had said before. God had said, Every single one on this ship is granted safety. And then, so clearly it was communicated, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. You see, God gives us instructions, and our safety depends on our obedience. Even though God had said, I'm granting them safety, they had to do their part. The Apostle Paul said to them, if you get off this ship, you get onto a lifeboat, you're going to try to go back to the shore, you're not going to make it. If you do it on your own, you do it your own way, you all of a sudden have left the safety that the Lord has provided. Do you see that? Now, let's just say, for example, that one of the men decided to get in a lifeboat and go at it on their own. What would have happened? According to the word of the Lord, they would not have made it. And yet, had safety been granted to everyone? Yes, so long as they remained in the ship. God desires to work in our lives, but we must remain obedient to him to remain under his protection. We cannot walk in our disobedience and expect God to make up for that and to protect us anyways. Sometimes God is so gracious and he protects us from things even though we don't deserve it. But there are times where God says, if you step out and you go, you are on your own. And the enemy now has access to do things that I will not protect you from because you are not listening to me. And that's exactly what happened here. The Apostle Paul said, if you leave this boat, you are not guaranteed safety. So look what happened. Verse 32, the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Why did they do that? 
they cut the ropes to the lifeboat so that everybody's life would be spared. So that everybody would remain on the ship. Now, all of a sudden, they're listening to Paul. They didn't listen to him in the beginning. But now that everything is unfolding as it was, they began to say, oh, Paul might know what he's talking about here. And they began to listen. For that reason, they cut the ropes. The lifeboat goes away. And now, because there's no other option, those who are on the boat, their life will be spared. And so the scripture says a little bit later on, when the morning dawned in verse 39, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea, and then they lowered the rudders and raised the foresail and headed toward the shore. They hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard and, and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. That's the good news. Everyone escaped safely to shore. Listen, if you're in this room and you have not listened to the voice of the Lord before, you can start today. Everyone's life in that ship was spared because they were willing to start listening. And once they began listening, God provided safety for them. Maybe you're here today and your life is going down a path that you're constantly not allowing room for the Lord to regenerate, to rejuvenate, to strengthen, to refresh. Maybe you're not allowing for that time of rest that you need so that you can continue to run this race. The Lord wants you to know today that he has good plans in store for you. He cares about you but you've got to do your part. First of all, you must remain in the ship, and the ship is a representation of Christ. You must remain in Christ. The Bible tells us that in Him and through Him, we can produce fruit, but without Him, we can do nothing. And so it is very important that you remain in Christ. Remain faithful to Him. Stay in touch with Him on a regular basis. And ask him for wisdom. More and more now I come before the Lord, even if it's just for a few seconds, and say, Lord, I've got a lot going on here or there, whatever, but what do you want me to do next? And sometimes the Lord will say to me, I'd like to talk to you for a little while. And I have to put aside just stuff I'm doing and just take time. Sometimes it ends up being 10 minutes. Sometimes it can be longer. But I would rather take steps in the direction the Lord guides me to than to take a hundred steps in a direction that's going to end up being wasted anyways. So it's so important in the busyness of our lives that we stay in tune with the one who is directing our ship. And if we listen to him, he will guide us safely to shore.
Would you close yourself in with the Lord this morning? Gravity has a terminal velocity, meaning that once something starts falling, it keeps speeding up until it reaches a certain speed. And if it's high enough, it'll reach that speed and it will just stay at that speed all the way till it hits the ground. It's terminal velocity. Every single one of us in this room have a terminal capacity. We can only handle so much. In our human nature, we like to think that we can handle a lot. And perhaps we can. But there's always that limit. A proud person says, I can do it by myself. A humble person says, I can't do it without God's help. If you're in this room and you've been trying to do things on your own, pushing for your own advancement on your job, pushing for what you want to do, not taking into account what God has in store for your life, you may get somewhere, but the end result will not fully be blessed the way the Lord intended it. I challenge you to let the Lord redirect you. Maybe you are like that captain of the ship. You'd lose a bit of money if you slowed down and wintered at the place where the Apostle Paul said, let's stay here for a little while. Maybe inside of you, you feel like, man, I got to just keep moving. I won't have enough money to pay the bills. I got to do this. I got to do that. And God says to you, I need you to slow down. The Lord is speaking to your heart today. Would you please listen to him? Because he always speaks because he loves us and he cares for us. I'm a pastor, but I'm also a husband, and I'm also a father. And those require responsibilities. And I constantly have to be juggling those priorities. Whatever job you do, you have responsibilities on that job. But I hope for those of you whom God has given the privilege of a relationship that your spouse is not left out of the picture. That your children are not looked at as things that consume time that you could be doing something else. But that you value what God has given you. Because if you don't, your journey on the seas of life will bring you to a point where your children's relationship with you will become shipwrecked. God doesn't want that. If you don't spend time with your spouse, the journey of life will bring you to a point or your marriage can face shipwreck. God doesn't want that. Some of you are single in this room. You have a little extra time. 
little extra finances to focus in certain areas. God wants you to be led by His Spirit. God works in the supernatural, but He also wants you to be faithful in the natural things. So I ask you today, how are you handling what God has given to you? I want to pause on that note for a moment and say that if you're here in this church and you have not yet opened your heart to let Jesus direct your life, if you have not asked Him to forgive you of your sin or make you a brand new person, then you really don't know exactly where you're heading. But you need Jesus to direct your life. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Him. The Bible says that with our mouth we must confess, and with our heart we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and that in, is how our lives are transformed and how we can be ready for heaven. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Joseph, I want to make that decision to surrender my life to Christ. Maybe you walked away from God and today you say, I want to recommit my life to following Jesus. Right where you are, would you simply stand to your feet if that's you? And I would like to pray with you and believe God for a restart, for a new life, and for your name to be written in the book of life. If that's you, I invite you to stand. This is your opportunity. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit today. you for my sister today. Lord, I thank you for her heart for you. And she desires to make sure on a regular basis that she's walking with you. I thank you, Lord, that because of the desire of her heart, she has stood to her feet today. I'm praying that you would give her the assurance of her salvation, that she would know that she is your daughter. She is loved by you, Lord. I pray, God, that if there is anything that would stand between her and you, that that would be resolved through a complete repentance and surrender, and that the peace of God would fill her mind and that she would be blessed. Touch your husband, O oh Lord, and all that he goes through. You know his physical challenges. I pray that you would minister to him today. Thank you for your wonderful care. Lord, bless my sister. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. The next question I ask is, if you are here and you desire for the Lord to kind of amplify His voice, as to what boundaries you need to set in your busy life. 
If you're here today and you say, Lord, I've got a lot going on and I just want to make sure I'm hearing you clearly. There's no condemnation here, friends. I've opened my heart to you. If you're going fast and you sense the Lord may be saying you need to slow down a little bit and you're like not sure how you could even do that, would you be willing this morning to tune into the Lord and say, Lord, speak because your servant is listening? you're in this room today and you would say, Lord, I want to hear your voice a little more clearly about the boundaries in my life as it relates to work, my marriage, my children, my finances, my health. Would you be willing to ask the Lord to speak and then would you be willing to obey? If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. Just as a step of faith to say, Lord, my ear is listening to you. It's between you and the Lord. But it is a step of faith that is important. I'm already standing, but I'm going to tell you that if I were sitting in the congregation today, I'd be standing with you. Because I need to hear the direction of the Lord daily in those areas of my life. Is there anyone else? This is, this is the call from the Spirit of the Lord to you today. This is your window of opportunity. Now, would you take your right hand, just right where you are, just put it over your right ear. Right as you're standing there, as a, as a symbol, would you just simply begin to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm listening. The reason you put your hand over your ear, it just focuses it focuses what you hear. It eliminates all the stuff that comes from the side and you only hear what's in front. Right where you're standing, would you begin just to ask the Lord to clearly speak and say, just like Samuel said, Lord, I'm here, I'm listening, speak. Heavenly Father, I join with my brothers and sisters in this room today to listen to the voice of your Spirit. Lord, there are those in this room that may be on the precipice of an unexpected problem. They didn't plan for it. They don't want it. It's not because they don't care, but it's just because they have limitations and you're going to try to keep them from something dangerous that will be coming in the next weeks, months, or years. It could be health-wise. It could be relationship-wise. It could be financial-wise. And even now, you're speaking to them, and you're giving them direction. Lord, if there are any voices that are trying to cancel out what your Spirit is speaking, maybe some today would think to themselves, well, I can't slow down. 
because this would pay a price. God, I pray that they would listen to your voice more than the voice of those things that would try to keep them going the same speed. I pray that they would trust that if you're going to give them a new direction, you're also going to give them a new provision. Because you have their best interest in heart. And I ask today, oh God, that you would move by your spirit and speak to them very clearly. And that as they listen, that they would be spared shipwreck in many ways. I pray for the direction of your spirit to be made so clear. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today and show them what you want them to do and give them the courage to make adjustments to their schedule, to make adjustments to their investments, to make adjustments to their priorities. I join with them, and I listen to your voice, Lord, because I can only be as an effective pastor as I follow the leading of your Spirit regarding my own health, my own marriage, my own children, my own finances, and all of the daily cares of life. I trust in you, God. And I join together with my friends and I listen to your voice. So now, I pray, God, that as we purpose in our hearts to obey, that we would be spared problems and challenges that we can avoid so that with your help, we can walk through the problems and challenges that we can avoid. Thank you for loving us enough as our Heavenly Father to warn us so that we don't have to learn the lesson the hard way. We choose to listen and we choose to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you're seated, I want to just say something to you. As you're standing this morning, Please listen to the voice of the Lord. I will tell you, counsel is good. But many times I speak with people who have disregarded the voice of the Lord. And they get into situations and all of a sudden they want a person to fix it. If you won't listen to the Lord, it's very hard to listen to a person. I say that to myself as well because I've been in difficult situations. The Lord loves you so much. He sees your future. He will guide every step. As you listen and follow Him, He will lead you beside still waters and He will restore your soul. May the presence of the Lord go with you today. May God fill you with His peace. May His joy overflow. And out of your innermost being, may there be rivers of living water that touch the lives of many people in Springfield and the entire Pioneer Valley. May God bless you all and have a wonderful day.